Hello and welcome to this very special bonus episode of Fail Harder, the podcast where I chat to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memories of failure to how they cope with it now. Before I introduce my guest, I'd just like to apologise for the sound in this episode. I'm recording for the first time for my flat in London, so it's a little bit boomy and there are some cars passing outside. There was just not a whole lot I could do to help the situation. Also, I had a bit of a cold when I was recording the episode, which doesn't affect the sound too much, but just a heads up because I sound a little bit weird. But anyways, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. On the podcast today, I have my dear friend Romana Testaseca. I was so delighted Romana agreed to do this bonus episode because she has been such a positive influence on so many people during this crazy year. Since finishing drama school, Romana has worked on a number of theatre productions, including the Gates production of Hamlet. She also co-founded the theatre company Rosebuds and created the web series Anything You Can Do. In recent years, Romana has trained as a PT and yoga instructor and in January she started her Instagram page and business Watermelon Fitness, which is quickly growing from strength to strength. But today, Romana is not here to talk about success, she's here to talk about failure. Welcome to Fail Harder. Thank you so much for having me, Emma Jane. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's great to see you. It's so nice to be interviewing my friend. Oh, so nice me and Romana went to college together for anybody listening, and we've been like best friends ever since. So this is very exciting for us. It is very exciting to share an insight into our friendship. Into very our conversation. <laughs> right, let me just explain the format before we begin. So I have 20 questions in front of me, numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however, some are a little unconventional. And in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the numbers. Whew. Okay, well, I'm going to start with my favorite number. Should I start? Yes. <laughs> nine is my favorite number. So Num- what, what's question nine? Number nine. How do you measure your success? Ooh, interesting Mm. one to start with. I think for me, success is doing something and feeling like I learned something from it. So if I feel like I've grown from a situation, even if it's a negative situation that could even be seen as a failure, I'm like, well, I learned that thing and now I'll do that thing differently. So I'm moving forward. I'll bring that into my life and I'll try and not do that again. Mm. Like, would you consider yourself successful like right now in your life? I would consider myself satisfied because I don't think successful, I mean, I think successful is something that it's a a really pressured word Mm. and it carries a lot of, I don't know, ego and um, comparison and jealousy and things like that. I think if I'm satisfied and content I think my aim in life is to be content um, and balanced. So if I'm doing things that I love, engaging with people that inspire me and interest me that I love and filling my time with valuable things, then I'm happy. And and that feels to me like success, you know? Yeah, that is really the, like the secret recipe, I think, to success. But I don't think the majority of people in the world view success that way you know most people it's like the more money I have or the more awards or the more like Instagram followers or whatever it is people don't really see it as like okay how do I feel now am I content whereas yes the way you're describing it I think is actually the aim and it's really cool that you have that view so early in life yes and I think it's something that with my brand Waterman and Fitness I try to put out there And I know sometimes it might come across as cheesy or it might come across as preachy, 
or, oh, I'm doing this, so you should do it too. But it's actually not that. It's about empowering people to find what they want from their life and what stimulates their mind. Because it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter what society is telling you um, means that you're successful. It doesn't matter uh, what your parents think you should be doing or what your friends think you should be doing or what people see you as. It's about what makes, you know, I remember our teacher in college, Pete, was like, what makes your heart, you know, excited fired up Mm. like that's what it is if like if you can do that then to me that's success achieved and of course money is important to survive I mean I'm not saying that's not part of the equation but if you can uh, marry the two and have something that is giving you an income and at the same time giving you pleasure uh, and stimulating you and exciting you I think life for me anyway life has to be exciting Mm, that's so true what why did you start watermelon fitness I started it because I wanted to share my passion for fitness and health because when I'm fit and healthy, I'm at my happiest. And I think I also believe exercise is fun. I know not everybody thinks that. And it's also sending that across of like, we can make this an enjoyable feeling. It doesn't have to be torturous. People come, Mm. like I've been teaching classes for a couple of years now and, you know, people come into your class and they go, I'm here now for the torture. And you're like, this isn't torture. This is something you're doing for your body and for your mind to feel good. And surely you see that at the end of the class when your endorphins are like pumping through your body and you're feeling happy and you're smiling and you know, you're energized by what you've just done. Well, I honestly see watermelon fitness as a breath of fresh air on Instagram, especially in the fitness Instagram world, because like, I think that it can be really, um, you can feel really bad about yourself sometimes when, with fitness pages on Instagram, or you can feel really threatened by them, or you can feel that like, if you kind of tried to participate that you might not be good enough. It's kind of only the elite fitness people that can join. Whereas I think watermelon fitness is like really inclusive and it's really, really fun. And like, it makes you, it makes you be like, okay, I'm going to join. Cause you're like, okay, just give it a try. And you know, it doesn't matter if you can't do it. And I just think that that's really welcoming and really encouraging for people who might not necessarily be the fittest, but kind of want to explore it a bit more, or try it a bit more. And I think that what you're doing is just incredible. <laughs> that means so much to me that you, even the words that you used feel so right for the brand. Like, I feel like it's totally about inclusivity and I'm trying to expand, um, especially with everything, the current climate, how can we actively help be more inclusive in society? How can we include all classes, all ethnicities, all citizens in our country and abroad? Like, how can we actually make that move in a concrete Mm. and practical way? So, I mean, I did some work a while ago with people in direct provision. And I actually reached out to a lady who uh, works with the Ballyhonest Center. And I had two people last week join my classes from direct provision. And I was like, this, uh. this is literally nearly wanted to cry after one of them. I was like, it feels like this is what I want to do. I want people, anybody to feel welcome. Whatever your fitness level, whatever you, your beliefs are in life, no matter what color your skin is, no matter how much money you've got in your bank account, everybody is welcome. And even I have this new thing now where we're charging six euro per class um, because to make it easier, we were doing donations, but people were a little bit confused about how, to, how much to donate. So we have a set fee now, but I also have an option where people can email me and say, actually, do, would you mind just sending me the link? I can't afford the class at this time. And absolutely no questions asked. I will send the link and they can participate because I feel like if you want to join, you have the right to join no matter what your situation is. That is incredible. Like you just made it so accessible to people. Like I, I just think that I am in awe of what you're doing. And like it's it's a like it's a lot for you because at the same time you have to make a living from it, you know, which you have to remember as well. But the fact that you're still giving that option, like it's just really, really kind of you. And it's a bit of a sacrifice as well because you could also end up with doing a class where everybody decides to <laughs> just do it for free that's true Mm. that's true actually there is that I mean for the whole of lockdown when I was doing my Instagram lives um I was not charging anything and after a while some of my friends were like and you included people were like you need to value 
um, you know, give a value to what you're doing and you need to make money out of it. Um, so that's also something that I'm kind of trying to learn as well. Cause I think it's hard to be like, well, I'm worth this amount and people have to pay this much to participate in my class. And it does, as you say, exclude people. Um, so I think it's about finding a balance with that. And I guess, you know, working and growing with whatever the response is. So, I mean, just seeing what the clients want and what people engaging with the page want and trying to listen to that, I think. Yeah, amazing. Shall we move on to the next question? Yes. What number would you like? Number one. Number one. Okay. What failure do you fear the most? Ooh. I think disappointment in myself. Uh, I don't so much. <laughs> I'm not super... I'm not super interested. I used to be more interested, but I'm not super interested in what people have to say about me or what people think of me as much anymore. But I'm very um, harsh on myself, I think, at times. And to disappoint myself would be, would be a big failure because I feel like I'm the one who observes all my thoughts and knows exactly what I'm doing day to day and knows when I'm like slipping up, knows when I'm procrastinating. And I think when I'm doing too much of that, um, I... I I'm a bit hard on myself and mm. and I think then the fear of failure just increases that that fear of uh, of being not being I suppose good enough or I, I suppose I want to make the most out of life and that's one of my aims and if I'm not doing that um it's a bit upsetting for me I'm the same like I think both of us are very hard on ourselves like I like I know I'm hard on myself she would be you know, I'm, I'm aware of it. I know what I'm doing to myself. And like, I see all of these things online or on your page where, you know, you actually did a thing the other day about like self-talk and how it's really important to like what you say to yourself. But like, I find that really hard. Like I'm really critical of myself. And again, if I'm not getting the most out of life, I'm, I feel so like overwhelmingly disappointed. I'm like I should be doing this or like I haven't utilized my time better or I should be in a better job or I should be traveling more, or having more fun. And like I take it like I take it really bad as well when I feel like I don't know I haven't done enough or I'm not doing it enough and especially in 2020 like you're kind of like oh I'm losing all of this time. <laughs> Yes. It's like, we need to do loads of things now because we have all this time on our hands. It's like loads of pressure. Uh, but I think as well, it's about acknowledging that. See, we're quite self-aware. We're both saying, we're both confessing. These are our thoughts and it's mm -hmm. about being aware of them. And like my post the other day, it's about, well, how can I actually listen to that and tap into it and ultimately grow and change the way I speak to myself? Because it's not serving us. Because mm. if you're feeling a little bit lazy one day, it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. You're just, that's also enjoying your life. If you're sitting down and having like, I sometimes feel guilty for watching something. Like I rarely watch anything because I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. I could be working. And that's just like, that means I'm not, I'm missing out on like valuable art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't watch anything over lockdown, didn't you not? I didn't watch a single, I that's think I crazy. one film towards the end. And we Man, like, that is mad. Like, I think I, I, I ran out of things to watch. Like, I watched so many things. I was like, there's literally nothing left. Yeah, some people were talking about finishing Netflix as if it was like a video game. Oh, so funny. And it's like, you do learn so much from watching stuff. You do. Like, you could watch some really interesting documentaries. Um, I love listening to podcasts, actually. I've been getting more into that recently. Ooh. Um, and I love your podcast. It's brilliant. I'm super Great. proud of it. But I think, yeah, I think it's just, as I said, acknowledging where we're at and moving from that place. Mm. I wanted to ask nothing... you, oh, sorry. I wanted to ask you, you said that you used to care more about what people thought of you, but not so much anymore. Like when did that change or how has that changed? Because that's, that's a, big thing to be able to change in your life I think to not care as much about what people think yeah I mean I think drama college was a big part of that yeah I have to I think throwing yourself out there and not being afraid of people's judgment and like we went you know this like we went into college looking like I mean no makeup no jewelry hair <laughs> slicked back black 
ugly clothes, mine anyway, <laughs> and you know, crying on the floor, crawling on the floor in front of all our friends, and like you couldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to get up and do that. There just wasn't an option because it's drama school. <laughs> That's what you're there for. Um, and you know, they told us a lot. It's about making a fool of yourself and like getting up in front of people. And I think I did a clowning workshop as well uh, a couple of years ago. And that really helped me, like, like ridiculing yourself in front of everybody. Um, I think I was very afraid of people laughing at me when I was younger. Really? Um, hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I just don't like people laughing at me. Even though, like, when I now I think about it, I'm like, well, if I'm the source of, of contentment and laughter in others, then, like, you know, I'm doing something good. Even yeah. if, it, if it's at my detriment, who cares? They're having a good time. <laughs> mm. They like, I think, with, uh, I was talking to India Mullen about this on the podcast, and she was kind of saying, and I, I would be the same, that, like, I'm not so much concerned with, like, what people think of me, like, with what I look or anything like that, but I'm very conscious I want people to think that I'm like a nice person and I still like struggle with that like if I've been with somebody and maybe it's like said some a mean comment about something or someone or something negative or whatever it is like then I feel like I shouldn't have said that like that comes across really bad and I don't know why I care so much about that like I don't know is it just the way I've been raised or my schooling like do you feel that way are you kind of past that now yourself I think in certain moments, in, in certain situations, if I really care about someone or if I fancy somebody, I'm very like, I, I'm very cautious of the things that I say and I kind of analyze them after. I'm like, oh my goodness, did that come across <laughs> self-centered or did that come across like I was like preaching at him or whatever. And I think, I think to some extent, we all go over our thoughts and what we've said, um, maybe with our family less so because you know we, we're more ourselves with them but like with when we're kind of trying to put ourselves even now with a podcast you'd probably finish the podcast and go oh did I say something like to make me come across like a bad person I think women have this a lot about being nice mm. I've never heard a man say like oh like did I come across mean in that situation yeah 100% like my boyfriend Thomas <clears throat> would never be like like there's so many times I might I might say to him, oh, was that bad when I did that? Or <laughs> just pure like wanting reassurance. Like I know what I'm doing and I shouldn't do it, but like I'll still do it anyways. Um, and I'll ask him and he's like, no, 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 whatever. It's just grand. <laughs> He'll never ask me a question like that. I don't think he's ever once said, oh, should I have said that or done that? Like you never question it. He'll just do it. Yeah. And it's in the past. He doesn't think about it. I kind of love that. It's mm. so liberating. Like, do just do what you want. and Because ultimately, we're always going to say something that could potentially hurt another human. Now, if our intention is good at all times, what I think it should be, we should always be trying to use our words carefully without hurting anybody else. But it's inevitable that sometimes we might say something that might trigger something in somebody. Maybe they're going through something and you mention something um, that they're going through and you don't know. And or like, you know, if you're in a relationship and it's ending, like there's different things that you can say that's like, it could be really hurtful to, mm. just to hear something, especially when you're close to somebody. Um, but ultimately you have to let go. I think you can think that thought and go, oh, did, did I say that? Oh God, should I not have said that? And then go, okay, well, look, I've said it now. Let me mm -hmm. just forget about it. And like acknowledge that, you know, you're going to have the thought and go, well, maybe that was wrong and go, well, look, maybe it was wrong. Maybe it was right. But it's said now it's in, out there in the open. There's nothing really I can do for it now unless maybe apologize. I've done that in the past. I've said things that I maybe shouldn't have said and then gone, actually, I was really wrong in that moment. Mm. And it was really hurtful of me to say that. <clears throat> um, and I'm really sorry. And I think I'm quite quick at apologizing when I feel like I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good trait in somebody. I think that to apologize a lot of people <laughs> really really struggle with kind of admitting that they were wrong it's hard to admit that you were wrong like it's yeah. really hard to admit that you were wrong would it you is. be sensitive as well like would you be sensitive to what others you know comments people might say to you negative comments would you get upset about things like that or I get very upset about if somebody close to me says something that's like triggering for me and usually it's ego usually it's hurting my ego usually mm -hmm. it's something very silly uh, and I'm like oh well I didn't think of it like that and like say if it's my mom or my sister <coughs> or a close friend 
says something to me mm-hmm. um, that can really hurt me. If it's somebody that I don't really care about that much or that I'm not super close to, I'm kind of like, you know, you know, if you get a comment, that's a bit weird. You're like, who cares? Like, I don't know that person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me, but I think, yeah, I do. I am quite sensitive in ways and depending on like my mood, like if I'm feeling a bit vulnerable or a bit tired and someone says something to me, it can be more, um, it depends how strong I am in myself when you say it to me and how I'm feeling. Like if I'm yes. feeling positive, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, brush it off. I don't care. I'm powerful. I'm a queen. I don't care. And, you know, if it's a negative day, I'm like, oh, they're right. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> it's so true. Like, uh, so I'm back in London now for anyone listening. Um, all through season two, I was in tip. I'd just come back from London, but I'm back. Um but like the weeks come, coming before coming back to London and we were coming out of lockdown and I was applying for loads of like work and not hearing anything. And then I was really fiery about coming back to London. So I just felt like I was very vulnerable, very emotional. And <laughs> I feel like if so, when anyone said anything to me like that I didn't like or a bit hurtful, like I felt like I'd get so bound up in it. Whereas usually like, on a normal day to day when I'm quite positive and confident, like I'd be like, yeah, whatever, like don't care. Whereas I could feel my like self just being really vulnerable. I don't know what it was. Like I felt like a child, like or something. I was like, don't people just need to be nice to me at the moment. Sometimes you just need to be minded. Mm. And I, I think it's okay to say that to the people who are close to you and say, do you know what? I'm actually really sad today and I'm quite vulnerable. I'm feeling quite insecure. Um, that really hurt my feelings and you know and to talk about it as opposed to sometimes if you're like oh that thing they said really hurt me and now I'm really angry and like I'm gonna sit on this now for three hours and be really upset it's actually much quicker to go oh actually um that really hurt my feelings and you know I, I maybe it's me you know you could even put it on yourself and go maybe it's me my mood is a bit shaky today um but just felt like telling you and I think you can't do this with everybody some people you have a different relationship with but it's someone close um, you know, you can use your words to express how you're feeling. And I think that's helpful. I think for me and you, especially because we're quite chatty and we're quite open people, mm. um, we do tend to talk about how we're feeling. And I think that's helpful <laughs> to work things out, you know, and, and to just be like, well, I just need to talk this through, even if it's a conversation <laughs> in your mind or even journaling. I find journaling very useful. Yeah, I have to talk everything through. And like, sometimes I'm like, just stop being so honest about everything Imogen like if somebody <laughs> asks me you know how how's whatever going like I'll just I'll tell you the truth like I'm I'm just not really able to you know if things aren't fine I'll, I'll probably just tell you like anyways it is what it is <laughs> and you're the way you are and you're wonderful the way you are and like we shouldn't beat ourselves up about that it's a, mm. it's a natural way to be you know yes absolutely Shall we move on to the next number? Oh, yes. Um, 19. Number 19. Okay. Romana Testaseca. How many dots in total are there on a pair of die? Oh. (laughs) Wait, what is a pair of die? So, like, dice. So, two dice are... Dice. Oh, dice. Oh, sorry. It's the oh, sorry, goodness me. Uh, second language. <laughs> um, ooh, in total. Ooh, ooh, this is a good one. Okay. <laughs> Can I work it out on a piece of paper? No. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay, so let me think. Okay. Okay, this is going to take me hours. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm actually going to take a risk here and, and take a wild guess. I'm going to say 80. No. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it? Pretty much half of that. 42. Oh, much less. Mm, yeah, we You know what? I could have worked that out, but I didn't want to hold like a really awkward silence for ages. <laughs> I was like, this is going to just make the podcast really long. I, don't I probably know. just edit it, <laughs> make oh, it look yeah. real smart. Oh. Next number. I'm going to say 18. Number 18. Where's number 18? 
Okay. Has it, has anyone you loved ever really failed you? Ooh. I think everybody you love fails you in some way. I mean, <laughs> and you fail them, you know? Like in yes. every relationship, there's little failures and little successes. But it's not a failure. I really don't see any failed, failed inverted commas. Like any relationship that doesn't work out, I don't see it as a failure. I see it as growth. Mm. Every single relationship that I've been in, whether it's friendship or uh, a romantic relationship even more so, I have learned from. I have learned about myself. I've learned about them. They've added something to my life. And usually it's something wonderful because if you're in love with somebody, or if you fancy them, usually they have something great, you know, about them or that mm. suits your personality that, that you're inspired by or that you're interested in and you're stimulated by. So I think, yeah, for me, all the relationships I've had, whether, you know, people have made me upset or whether I've made them upset and broken their heart or they've broken mine or both. I think that it's a useful thing in life to get your heart broken. Um, it's very hard in the moment that you're very hurt to admit that and to say, yeah. when people, oh, you'll be fine. You know, um, it's just a moment and you'll get over it. Like that's very annoying to hear, I think, at times when mm. you're in a breakup. But I think afterwards, in hindsight, you can go, wow, like that actually has enriched my life, even though it's given me a lot of pain. I am so lucky to have experienced it. And pain mm. is a privilege, I think, because it makes us grow. And failure is a privilege because it makes us grow. And we shouldn't see it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think it's funny because I always think I totally agree with what you're saying, like one million percent. But I always think that that's always something that, something that you, well, most people, maybe not everybody, thinks after the fact like a long time after the fact I think it's really hard when it's happening to you in the in the moment or even in the year it's happening to you to say oh well I'll grow from that and you know I'm going to actually be glad nearly that that happened because at the time it's mm. I don't know I don't know what the secret is like maybe it's a lot of work a lot of self-discovery to be able to like handle it well in the moment and say look I'm going to grow from this it will be okay I think it's really hard to do that like I find that really hard like ultimately it will be fine it always has been I'm like oh do you know what that was absolutely shit but like you know what it was made me stronger or this thing happened out of it blah 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 but I find it so hard to be able to think that way when it's happening mm -hmm. I totally mm -hmm. hear you I think that thing that you said you know handling it well this thing about like I have to be this perfect person who handles pain really well pain is really really hard when you're experiencing it mm. and you need to, the only way to get through it is to hold space for it and feel it fully you know without resistance and I really believe that and things constantly shift and change and nothing is permanent and I think if you can remind yourself of little things like that like I, this is not permanent I will be okay <coughs> tell yourself that mm. but ultimately you're not okay and that's okay. And it's, it's okay not to handle it well. Mm. And, and, and what is well anyway? Like, you know, what, what does that even mean? It, it, it's okay not to have that pressure on yourself. I think it's just about going, well, I'm actually really sad today. Uh, I'm going to spend the day in bed. And that's that. And that's the way you have to get over it. And do Whatever you do you that? Oh yeah. I mm. had like, I have had moments of real difficulty. Um, this year and you know in the past few months and like I've I really have grown from it I think and like in those moments of course it was really dark and it was um very lonely and painful but I think that I came out of it and like I'm stronger for it you know mm. and I think that I, there's no other way I could have handled it there wasn't a way of handling it well I think what helps you is other people. For me, I know not everybody is like that. Some people just need to be on, on their own. But for me, other people, knowing that I'm not alone. Mm. Because I think when you're sad, it, it's very lonely and it's a very vulnerable place to be. And it's hard to say I'm really sad. And most people that you hear talking about sadness and depression and anxiety, it's mostly after the fact of going, well, now I'm fine. This is what I did to get through it. Because 
it's much easier to talk about it with a cold head. Like, you know, they say a festa in Italy with a cold head, like in, in hindsight and go, well, that was really tough. But when you're in it, it's hard to be like, well, hey, everybody, I'm extremely sad. Um, goodbye. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's not really much else you can say. You know, I'm, I'm having a shit time. And like, you don't want to advertise that either to your friends because you... And as well, I think with me, there's a pressure to be like, well, I'm like a positive person. How, how dare I be sad? Yes. How dare I, I, I put that pressure on myself. And I think I learned that this time around, like this year, I was like, well, actually, I don't need to be anything. I can just be me. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether I'm sad or happy. Like people will love me anyway, hopefully. And like, I'll accept myself anyway. And that's the main thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one to call, like, because even, <coughs> excuse me even that time I was telling you just in the last few weeks kind of that lockdown was kind of finished but not finished and about to come back here when I was just feeling like a bit all over the place um Thomas my boyfriend said to me he's like do you know like if you ever I think I said I had been upset about something or felt like crying and I didn't cry or something like that and he said oh you know if you ever feel like crying don't ever be afraid to cry which is obviously really nice but then I was like yeah I totally agree with you and a lot of the time I do cry but then there is the moments where you're like okay I kind of need to just get on with things as well you know Mm. especially this year like because there's just so much going on and I think now is really like lockdown was really challenging but I think now is like this weird gray area where like life is kind of carrying on but then it's also not and like you know today we're hearing oh is Ireland going to go back into phase five phase four mm. phase five was it um you know and it's like oh we're going backwards and we're going forward we're like you feel guilty if you meet people and there's all this guilt because of covid and everybody needs to be careful and you can't really hug people so it's really challenging for people but then at the same time there's a kind of a momentum of or an expectation that okay we're not in actual lockdown anymore so right we need to get on with things and be more positive again Yes. Any of that made sense? It totally makes sense. <laughs> I think that there is, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, it's the complete uh, unknown at the moment. Mm. And all we can do really is live day by day and hour by hour and know, you know, that we're filling our time with things that serve us and help us um, within our day to get through it. And whatever that looks like for you is, is what's right for you. Um, but I also think, yeah, if you want to get on with things, get on with things. But if you feel like at the moment you can't, you also can't. And it's very hard. We're not able really to make sense of any of this. We're not able to control any of this. And I think if this whole situation has taught us anything, it's about the lack of control we have in life and how like yeah. none of us know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're all just winging it. <laughs> There's no perfect way of doing anything. There's no way you should do a certain thing. Like, it's just, you know, society is built a certain way and we're built around work and, you know, um, extra activities after work and socializing and all of that. And that's a lot of that's been taken away or pared back. So it's very unknown, but it doesn't mean that like we can't still enjoy our lives mm. while we can in the moment, like minute by minute in the present. And I think it's really hard to do that without fearing the future. Um, but you're right. There is a certain voice in your head that's like, well, now, now I must work because we're out of lockdown. And I think there was that pressure coming out of lockdown that was harder nearly than lockdown itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because yeah. in lockdown, you know, everybody's in the same boat. We're all stuck in our homes. There's not much we can do. You know that like, you know, your neighbors next door are stuck in their house and they can't leave. You know, it's kind of that communal comfort of knowing everybody's doing the same thing and there's something beautiful in that as well like there was a lot of um knowing that like we're in this together Mm -hmm. whereas now some people are back in offices some people are still kind of you know some people who are vulnerable are still having to like isolate and yeah it's strange but we are as a as a the human race we're handling handling it pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, we're doing our best. You know, all that's all we can do. That is it. Yeah, trying is all you can hope for. You know. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Next question. What number would you like? I'm going to go for three. Number three. 
Who do you go to when you failed? My mom. Mm. <laughs> Tell me about your mom. <laughs> I'm just like a little child. Mom, tell me what to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, my mom, probably my mom and Palma. Mm. Uh, and they're generally very, very helpful and sweet. And I'm so lucky to have them. And my friends as well. I think, you know, it's just, I, I, I also think sometimes it can, I mean, it depends on the failure. I don't know what kind of situation you're talking about there, but I think any sort of little mishap in your life or a lack of, or of something working out or frustration. I think that's all feels like a bit of a failure, you know, when, mm. you're, when you're angry or sad or frustrated or feeling some sort of negative emotion. Um, and I, I, as I said to you earlier, like I, I love to talk things out and I think the best thing to do is to just talk about it and not hold it in and be sad about it yourself because that's yeah. going to get you more down. Uh, for anybody listening, um, so Romana is from Italy, her mother's Irish, and then she moved, she lived in Italy and then moved to Ireland for college and has kind of been living in Ireland more or less, but then you ended up um, visiting Italy just before Italy got locked down, so ended up staying in Italy for how many months, like five? Oh, like eight months. I think it was eight months we were what there. Was it? Oh my God. Um, so then she was living with um, your mom and your sister Palma, <clears throat> but now you're back in Ireland. And how are you finding, after spending so much time with them and you're so close, and how are you finding the adjustment now of like being on your own and without them again? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like we were a little nucleus of, um, like it was just, we were so tight. We were together, our apartment is really small and we were together for nearly every moment of the day, every meal, every experience, every little success, every little failure that mm-hmm. happened. Um, and, you know, we really stuck by each other. It was nearly towards the end that something good would happen to one of us and we'd all be so happy for the other person. <laughs> and if something sad happened to one of us, we'd all be so sad. Like the atmosphere in the house would be so different if even just one person was feeling a bit sad. So I think there's definitely like a real tight-knit group there and I think now that it's gone I'm like god why didn't I make more I don't know why didn't I make the most of it more like I did enjoy it but I'm like now going back I would do things maybe a little bit differently help my mom more like she did so much for us Um, and we I've never I haven't lived with her in like eight years so living with her she was just spoiling us rotten and I'm like now I wish I'd done more for her you know (laughs) Romana you did so much during lockdown you did videos for the whole world to get up every morning <laughs> and videos all day managed Instagram lives for free that you could join and they were incredible I honestly don't know how we did that like we did two classes a day every day for so many weeks there was a class in the morning and a class in the evening um <laughs> every single day and like so funny we'd go up on the roof it was all on our rooftop in Rome and then like our neighbors across the way would join in with the workout oh, I was just so much fun we even went on the BBC it was insane it was amazing what you did yeah. there was <laughs> just talking you up so much but I just think like everybody was talking about it because it was just so positive. You were stuck because Italy was like really bad lockdown. Like you couldn't even go out properly for exercise. So you were like really stuck in your apartment block. So you went up to the roof and then the sun was shining and we'd all join you on Instagram live. And it was so good because it was a reason to get up and get out of bed, I think. Yes. A lot of people said that. And the same for us, you know, people participating, but also for us, it was giving us so much structure. Mm. And also it was a very social event like for me it was like hanging out with you you know what I mean I was hanging out with you and all my friends having a great time Mm. I know we obviously weren't there all together but it did feel very strong as a connection I thought um so we're lucky that we have that technology I think otherwise I don't know how we would have survived yeah the technology that's it's so true because obviously technology hinders our life in many ways like you know, it's so time consuming and we can get so addicted to our social medias. Actually, the documentary, The Social Dilemma is so good. It scared yes, me so to much. Oh, but um, we're so sucked into it. But then on the other hand, like if we didn't have that technology during that time, it would have been awful. Like yeah. we're so lucky. Even the fact that I can so talk to you now over Zoom. Exactly. And see your wonderful face. See your wonderful face. 
Uh, yeah, I, it's funny about technology. I have a real love-hate relationship with technology. Like, I'm not very technological. Um, <laughs> so I have lots of technological mishaps. Difficulties. They're day-to-day failures. I can't <laughs> Technology drains my energy, especially gen- like doing general like website work. Like I'm trying to build a website and like doing all of that and um, creating like infographics. Like I love it when it's mm. done, <laughs> but the whole like process of like online stuff is still quite quite hard for me. Even the whole, I mean, there's geniuses out there, and the the level of technology. I, I don't know. Maybe it's younger people. Maybe the generation after us or something. They're all geniuses. Like there's so even my cousins that are younger than me, they seem to just be able to work out technological issues much faster than me. Mm. And it's like, I mean, obviously you have a knack for it as well. And then you see these videos of people editing on YouTube being incredible. You're like, how are they so good? They're like half my age. And then, you know, it's just, it's just fascinating to me how good people are, like the talent that is out there on every scale. And um, mm. I think social media exposes us to that a lot. Like I, I follow a lot of fitness pages yeah. and you go, whoa, that person is just phenomenal. And it's so inspiring in ways. Um, and to see the level of production, even of their camera. And you're like, so they're really good athletes. They have really good like camera equipment. They're really good editors. A lot of people do it all themselves. And then mm. I'm kind of going, do they like, do they have extra help maybe behind the scenes? But everything just looks so good. And I think a lot of it now is about images and, even with you with radio, maybe more like the sound of something, but mm. to get the sound right, you need to get the technology right. So I think it's a lot of just research practice. And also, yeah, I think we're just kind of comparing ourselves to very high standards that, that are already out there. How do you find, <clears throat> obviously now you set up watermelon, watermelon Fitness, which we've talked about how great it is and how positive it is. But obviously now, if you're trying to do anything, like me with the podcast, for example, like there's so much involved in trying to promote yourself and prom- use social media for that reason. And it's like kind of the only way now. Like, how do you find that? Do you find like it's difficult or are you comfortable with it or do you find it takes up too much time? It's interesting. At the start, it took up so much of my time um, when I was trying to upload workout videos um, it just took so much editing and adding music and uh, chopping and changing, uploading it to Instagram, putting up a caption. All of that took me ages. Now I'm a little bit faster at it. Um, I have to say, though, lately I'm getting a little bit sick of my face. <laughs> I'm just like, there's just, I know. I'm just a bit like, oh, it's just too. I'm just looking at it, I'm going, it's all me, like my face, me doing something, me talking about something. Yeah, like, but that's what it is, though. <laughs> but it's not a bit, I'm kind of like, are people just going to be like this woman? And I, and I know I said about people, but I'm like, <laughs> would I, like, would I just be like, oh my God, not another picture of her? Because no. I'm getting bored of it. And so I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, me, me, me. Like, I don't want the page to be about me. I want it to be about the community, but it's quite hard because I'm not, in person with that many people because of the restrictions and everything. Um, like I'd love to have more like videos with everybody and training everybody together and getting that vibe and like showing how inclusive it is and empowering watermelon fitness is and can be. So I think at the moment it's very individual and it's very about me. So I don't want it to become like a shrine to myself. Yeah. But at the same time, people with a social media page, people expect to see the person whose page it is. And like I, I know when it's yourself, like even when I have to put up, you know, the podcast stuff, I'm like, oh my God, people are going to be like, will she ever shut up talking about her podcast? But <laughs> like but at the end of the day, that. you just have to, you have to, like, I'm not going to make an episode and just not put it out. Like, obviously you have to do it. And people are on your page because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. People don't yes, have to follow watermelon point. fitness. Like it's, it's a choice. So, you know, that's actually a lovely way of looking at it. Like people are there because they want to see it. But at the same time with you, it is a little bit different because the podcast is celebrating other people and empowering them, you know, through talking about their failures, you're talking about others. You're not so much <coughs> concentrating on your own self. Uh, and even yeah. though, yes, you do give back and, you know, talk about yourself a little bit. It's mostly about, interviewing the person so it's very much celebrating and I love that like you're very much inspired um you're very much inspiring 
other people to check out these people that you're interested in. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of them are like famous people that you've interviewed, but like maybe they might know them already, but they get an insight that they wouldn't usually get. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what's special about them. And you're very much celebrating others. And I love that vibe. Like I love celebrating others. So maybe I should think about doing something like, I was thinking this week as well, like interviewing maybe fitness people that I really love that are maybe in my circle Mm. and asking them to answer some questions like in a post. So yeah, definitely something similar to, to what you do, but like do it more on Instagram. That's actually a really good idea. Maybe in writing, just because I think sometimes it's nice to hear from other people and their perspective on things, Mm. especially at this time. So that could be something cool to do. You could even ask the people that you want to get involved, send each one the same set of like, you know, what is it, seven questions? And then they just have to video themselves answering the questions and send them to you. You could do it that way. That's very nice in video. That's true. Yeah. And then you could put the, you could edit the video so that the questions come up under what come up underneath yeah yes very nice ideas there yes see this is your editing skills coming in (laughs) (laughs) I think yeah it's funny with social media it it does um promote a lot of narcissism (laughs) like yeah we're a super narcissistic society yeah I know I know (laughs) but it's kind of like the the pictures that get I know it's it's superficial but the pictures that get the most attention are the pictures of yourself um, and the pictures like you put up like you think this is a great picture of like whatever a sunset and nobody likes it yeah. and you're like oh nobody cares exactly yeah it's mad isn't it it's mad like people yeah they that is so true like if you put up a picture of yourself generally people are way more interested in it than <laughs> something oh, random. I don't know why because they've seen your face so many times you're like are you not bored of me <laughs> actually that that documentary the social dilemma is excellent but I was like, well, after I watched it, I was like, I'd love to just delete my Instagram, be free. Um, but that's like, you can't, if you're trying to do anything that's like your own business or self-employed or kind of if you're trying to be creative, it's very hard to not have a social media. Like if, if you were maybe like a primary school teacher or like a nurse or, you know, a few different jobs, you could probably just be like, I don't need it. Whereas like, you couldn't have your business without it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's a tricky, yeah, it's a, it's a love hate relationship because you're like, oh, it's consuming so much of my time, but also like I will, I have gotten clients out of it. Like I coach people that, you know, one-on-one I coach um, classes with group classes, like I said. So I think it is something that does generate attraction because people see you as that person then they go oh she is working out like I trust her because she's actually doing this stuff herself Mm -hmm. and she's not making it up she's not telling me to do something and then not doing it herself like it's kind of a little bit of accountability as well for people to know oh well actually I'm doing this along with her um I don't know and I think it can be motivating for people I also think there's so there's only so much of it that like I think you have to use it in the right way I think like you say you can get very triggered and it can be difficult sometimes to watch something like say you're in bed and you're you just had like a takeaway and you're like I don't feel like working out and then you see somebody working out it can be annoying because you're like oh I don't want and that's really something that I don't want to do with my page like I don't want people to feel like guilty for not doing something or like oh well she's working out like why does she have to, you know, mm. show it up in my face? Like, I don't want to see that. And like people, but then I suppose it goes back to what you said of like, well, if they follow you, they probably do want a little bit of um, encouragement or like ideas for workouts or just general yeah. interest. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think we have time for one more question. What Ooh. number would you like? I'll go for six. Number six. Okay, think back to your final year in secondary school. How did you picture your future then? Is that picture different to your life now? Oh, wow. I think, wow, that is such a good question. I did not know that I'd be doing this, but thinking back through college and through secondary school, exercise was such a big part of my life mm-hmm. and it was such a big source of contentment and happiness for me and it's something that I kind of underestimated I think I didn't I, I always did sports and I was always active but 
I didn't give it the credit that it deserved. Like I always maybe took it a little bit for granted, but it certainly was bettering my life back then. Mm-hmm. And in terms of drama, I probably thought, I mean, I, I really want to study theater um, at the time. And I did do that and I, and I loved it. And it's not something that I'm going to, you know, turn my back on. Like I, I will definitely maybe it's work funny. in theater again. It's sorry to interrupt you, but it's funny because I thought we'd talk about theater and acting and that world I just presumed we would in this it's funny that it hasn't like come up in the sense because it was so part of yeah our lives it was such a big part of our lives and I think our lives have evolved thanks to pursuing that interest because I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't done um drama and Mm -hmm. if I hadn't studied um, theater and if I hadn't gone into working in theater for a while it definitely changed my perspective on life and other people and the way we think and the way we behave I think acting is so tied up in that and I love people and I think that's why I just love interacting with people and you get that in drama but you also get that with what I'm doing now of like mm. coaching people. and when I was directing I was thinking like directing is quite similar to what I'm doing now like you know organizing an environment for someone to feel a certain way, whether it's empowering them, encouraging them along as directing in a room uh, full of actors is similar to guiding a class full of people, full of clients, you know? Mm. So I think the, the two are correlated and it's not something that, I mean, I've always have a, had a passion for theater and I always will. Um, whether it come back in my life to be like, a full-time career I don't know and I, I probably not would you like but that it might be something that I, see I'm I want to do so many things and I think <laughs> I can overwhelm myself with the amount of interests I have and I think sometimes it's too much and then I end up doing nothing well because I'm, I'm too interested in too many different things yeah so I, I would like that I would like to I would like to act and I would like to direct if it was the right project for me that fitted me um mm-hmm because I don't think that I'm suited to very many things. (laughs) Can I actually ask you a question that's just burning in my head now that you're saying those things? Has Watermelon Fitness kind of been developed out of, you know, like the lack of work in theatre and film? Like, do you think that if there was, you had gotten loads of work out of college that you would have found this? Or do you think you would have found it anyways? Do you know what I mean? Because I find that, for me, the podcast and radio <laughs> were kind of things that developed out of like I was doing acting work, but not lots of it. And then I got that radio show thing and I just found that I loved it. But I don't know would I have ever done it if I had been getting loads of acting works and, and things had been going really well. Because when I was in DIT, now I was probably a bit more like gung-ho on acting um, and Bow Street and stuff. And then it didn't like go exactly as planned, like most actors will experience when they finish university. But then kind of other things are born out of that. Do you know what I mean? Which is always quite positive in the end. But yeah, I'm just wondering for you, how do you think? It's, I think it's interesting because even in college, I always loved yoga and I always, and I I just qualified in my teacher training. I just got my cert the other day. And like, it's something that I wanted to do for so long. And I remember Peter lecture during college um got me to do yoga classes and I always thought like that is so interesting that he asked me to do that like he had no idea that I like had an interest in that and it's something that it started kind of there and I always preferred like the movement classes to any other classic I loved Ella's classes I loved the yoga with Mary I loved the yoga with Susie that we did I loved leading the yoga when we were in the final year production so it's always something that's been like in my head but Mm -hmm. I never thought that like I would pursue it as a career and the reason I did my personal training course is definitely because I wanted to do personal training to kind of fund my my theater life but what was happening was that I was actually putting money into theater and not getting anything back first gym job that I got after the personal trainer course I was still directing so I was doing both at the same time and I just was so burnt out I was exhausted I couldn't manage both of them and obviously now with 
coronavirus really rehearsing anymore and there's not really any opportunities but maybe I'd still be doing both juggling the two things I don't know I think it's a mixture of different events happening but definitely the reason I did the course was to kind of have a job that was active on the side as opposed to maybe like um doing retail or something like that that I was the internet connection uh, which I did the same oh (laughs) so weird (laughs) can you hear me uh yeah um, you were saying it's kind of a mixture. <laughs> You're just of in darkness now. <laughs> yes, it's a mixture, I think, of events happening in my life, but also little voices in my head of like, this is what you, you really would do well in and then what you would enjoy. And like, you actually might get money out of it. Because I think I was investing money into theatre uh, and not getting anything back. So I think that was quite hard for me for a while, even though spiritually I was very fulfilled and it was very creative and um, a very stimulating environment to be in and very exciting. And I was meeting all these great people and working with them. But ultimately, economically, I had no financial independence. Um, so I think it was kind of stemmed from the, that fact, you know, the fact that I did, wasn't earning enough money to go and actually do a course, invest money in a course. And then the minute I finished the course, I got a job. And mm. then I was juggling both things. I was still directing and doing my gym job. So it was very hard because I was kind of, you know, spreading myself too thin, like getting up at five o'clock in the morning, working until two and then doing rehearsals in the afternoon. And who knows, I mean, without COVID, maybe I'd still be doing directing on the side. I know theatre is kind of suffering a lot at the moment, which is so sad. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, it's really, I love theatre. It's like a huge love of mine and a huge passion. So I hope that it will continue. But at the same time, I'm very happy with what I'm doing right now and it does take up a lot of my time. So I'm kind of afraid that if I do too many things, I'll just be, you know, spreading myself too thin. Mm, yeah. But hopefully the opportunity will come. But I definitely think like it was always part of my life um, in some form. And then theatre took over a little bit, but I was still kind of active. And then well, as I was working in theatre, I had other jobs in retail and things like that, but I wanted a more active side job. So yeah. that's what happened, you know, and then it ended up being a full-time job. And then I ended up getting really interested in it and developing more and learning more and becoming a yoga teacher and studying that. So I don't know where life will take me next. Yeah, it's been a really... I'm very open though. It's been what's... a really interesting journey for you. Definitely now that like you describe it that way and you were always... Um, you were always so physical when we were in college together. Like you were incredibly physical, like you were so good at movement. And again, you did the yoga um, before we did rehearsals every day and it was great. So it does make so much sense. And I do think it's really important, like if you do work in theatre and stuff, to have something else that you enjoy. Um because unless you're one of the really lucky few who work constantly, there's so much time that's spent not working in theatre. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, so it is really good to have that thing, that other kind of passion on the side or your side job that you do enjoy and you don't hate. Um, and I think you found a really cool thing out of that. Yes. It's a nice balance. And I definitely want to ride that wave and like, you know, help as many people as I can and empower as many people as I can. Um, It's just all about like connecting. I think for me, one of the biggest things in my life is connection. If I have connection, I am, I'm happy. And um, people are so important to me and relationships with the people around me are so important to me. And like really my, my happiness depends on those relationships a lot of it I think that if we were on our own in this world or lonely um and of course we will feel lonely at times but I think if we didn't have anybody in our life that we love and trust and they love us and they support us I think there'd be very little to live for Mm, yeah people are great like you know (laughs) it is it is it's great to have people around you um and it's definitely been this year has been different in the sense that like for me, for everybody, um, you know, who's used to having so many people just day to day, just meeting different people. And it's changed so much that we've had to kind of learn how to survive a little bit without that as well, and maybe spend more time with ourselves, which is also good. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a big, I think that's a big um, ambition of mine to, to be more comfortable with solitude and self-reflection and reading and doing practices that are more guided towards looking inward than mm-hmm. instead of looking outward all the time. I think it's like about filling your cup uh, and I rely on others a lot for, for different things and for my happiness and for just for fun and excitement. And I think I would like to rely more on myself to do that for myself as well and like rely on my own company more. So I think that's important too for growth. It is. Well, Romana, thank you so much for giving me your time today. It's been so lovely. I really appreciate it. You are a wondrous human. <laughs> Namaste, the light Namaste. <laughs> Shine to the light in me, my yoga partner. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. And when you were talking there, it sounded like Adrian. And she's like, thank you for sharing your practice with me. <laughs> uh, I really, I am, I'm so lucky to call you a friend. Um, I'm really missing you. And I'm missing everybody, you know, the connection face to face with everybody. And I wish you the best of luck in London. I really do. You're an amazing human. Please keep up the amazing work. I love listening to your podcast. I'm going to be the least famous guest. And I am proud of that. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this very special bonus episode of Fail Harder. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Romana. Do give her page on Instagram a follow. It's at Watermelon Fitness. She's always putting up really amazing things on it. And of course, she does her online classes. Also, I would like to thank you for your subscription to Headstuff Plus. It is so appreciated. Thank you.